Hello everyone, my name is Lou and welcome to my podcast called Anatomy Follows Physiology. We just kind of dove right into the synovial joints, also known as the diarthrotic joints, which is one of three major types of joints in the body. The other two are synarthrotic, which are immovable, and amphiarthrotic, which are slightly movable joints. Most of the joints in your body are synovial joints that are freely movable. And in this podcast, we're going to discuss the different types of synovial joints that allow a wide range of skeletal movements. And the range of motion refers to the full movement of a particular joint. Um, This range is usually the distance between flexion, which is decreasing the angle or um, um, bending you know, bending your arm, for example, and extension or increasing the angle, such as straightening your arm, for example. Um, if somebody has a limited ROM or range of motion, that means they can't move the joint through its normal range of movement. So we're going to talk about these terms for movement and motion and how they're used interchangeably. So to talk about the different types of movements at synovial joints, we need a frame of reference that helps us to communicate this precisely and accurately. So um, so we'll usually use the frame of reference um, as uh, using the, the body in anatomical position in which the arms are facing anterior with the hand facing uh, forward. The body is standing upright, feet together, um, arms to the side, and again, the palms facing anteriorly. So as I mentioned in the previous podcast episode, we have three main types of movement for diarthrotic or synovial joints. That's going to be monaxial, diaxial, and triaxial or multiaxial. Move depending on how many planes of movement the joint can go into in, its terms, in terms of its range of motion. There's also other ways to describe uh, joint movement uh, apart from those three main ways. Um, One of them is linear motion, uh, which this kind of motion is called gliding. In a gliding movement, two opposing surfaces slide past one another in one plane. And this movement usually occurs between the flat or nearly flat surfaces of articulating carpal bones, between tarsal bones, and between the clavicles and the sternum. Uh, Next, we have angular movement, and there's three types of angular movement. There's flexion, extension, abduction, and adduction. Um, In flexion, that's when uh, the joint angle will will decrease. Um, It's movement in the anterior to posterior or the sagittal plane. Um, And just think of it as bending, to keep it simple. And then extension is um, when the angle between two articulating bones increases in the same plane, the sagittal plane. And another way to think of it simply is that the um, joint or the bones are straightening out your, for example, you're straightening out your arm. And we usually apply these terms of movement to long bones of the limbs. Uh, but it, and it's not too often that we'll use them to describe movements of the axial skeletal system. When a person is in the anatomical position, all of the major joints of the axial and appendicular skeletal systems, except for the ankles, are at full extension, meaning they're straight. Flexion of the shoulder joint or hip joint moves the limbs anteriorly, whereas extension moves them posteriorly. If 
you are extending past the anatomical position, then that we call that hyperextension. So if you put your neck all the way back to gaze at the stars in the sky, that would be you hyperextending your neck. Next, we have abduction and adduction, which is still one of the four angular movements. Um, abduction is movement away from the longitudinal axis or, or the midline of the body in the frontal plane. So one way to think about it is like if you hear on the news children getting abducted, you know, they're being taken away. So in that sense, movement is away from the midline, um, such as if you have your arms on your sides and you want to bring it up um, to touch the wall, um, then you would be abducting your arms. You're moving it away from the middle of your body. And if you're moving it back um, in the anatomical position, you're adding to, uh, towards or getting inc increasing it towards the midline, that's called adduction. So let's say you're done touching that wall and you want to bring your arm closer back to the midline of your body. You bring it back towards your side. That is adduction. Abduction and adduction always refer to movements of the appendicular skeletal system, not those of the axial skeleton. Um, another movement we have that's not an angular movement, so it's another movement of joint, uh, synovial joints, is circumduction. It's a complete circular movement. Um, you'll, you'll see this in the uh, shoulder joint, and sometimes some people will say the hip joint, but it's more so the shoulder joint that can do this type of, uh, uh, this complete circular uh, movement. Next, we have rotational movement. Uh, for example, rotation of the head may involve left and right rotation. Uh, we also have medial rotation, also known as internal rotation, in which the anterior surface of a limb turns towards the long axis of the trunk. And the reverse movement of this is called lateral rotation or external rotation, such as shaking your head yes or no. And that's kind of interacting with the C1 and C2, those um, uh, of your cervical spine. Next, we have pronation and supination. Pronation is a movement of which turns the wrist and hand from palm facing front to palm facing back. So the way that would look is you would have your hand facing down on a surface like a table or a desk or some flat surface. Your palm would be touching that table. In the opposite or opposing movement, you have supination. Um, and I described this all the way back in a very um, past podcast episode where in anatomical position, the palm is faced anteriorly as if you're holding... And yes, as I mentioned in my previous podcast with the supination being an anatomical position, you're able to hold a bowl of soup, hence supination. Um, and that's going to be with your palm turned anteriorly facing front. So if you had your hand on a table, your palm would be facing the ceiling. There are several special movements um, that apply to specific synovial joints that can be a little bit unusual and they're kind of specific to certain joints. So one of them is inversion, uh, which is a twisting movement of the foot that turns the sole inward, elevating the medial edge of the sole. And the opposite movement of this is called eversion. So inversion it turns the sole of your foot or the palm of your foot inward toward the midline. And eversion is turning your um, the sole of the foot laterally or towards the opposite um, uh, towards the uh, t 
towards the lateral plane. Next we have dorsiflexion, which is flexion at the ankle joint. Um, and it's the um, elevation of the sole as if you were, when you were digging your heel. It's sort of like as if you were trying to point your toes up while you still have it on the floor. And then the opposite of that movement is plantar flexion, which extends the ankle joint and elevates the heel, like standing on your tippy toes, for example. You know, if you're standing on your tippy toes, you're doing plantar flexion. Um, and lastly, we have opposition and reposition. Um, this uh, opposition is the movement of the thumb towards the surface of the palm or the pads of other fingers. And reposition is the movement that returns the thumb and fingers from opposition. Please see some images for guidance. Um, next, we have protraction, which is movement of a body part anteriorly in the horizontal plane. For example, if you were to move the bottom of your jaw outward so that your bottom teeth are on outside of your front teeth, then that's considered protraction. Retraction is the opposite reverse movement. Um, so if you were to bring your jaw back in to your face, then you're retracting it. Um, depression and elevation take place when we move a structure inferiorly and superiorly, respectively. So if you're opening your mouth, uh, your art, that joint movement is called depression. And when you're bringing it up more superiorly in terms of anatomical planes, you're elevating it. So it's bringing your jaw back more, it's bringing it back to the normal position, but it's bringing it more superiorly in terms of the plane of motion. Lateral flexion occurs when your vertebral column bends to the side. Um, this is most pronounced in the cervical and thoracic regions. So if you're bobbing your head from side to side, that's considered lateral flexion. Like if you like a certain tune of music, you'll see some people move their head side to side. That's lateral flexion. And uh, just to kind of wind down this um, episode, we're going to kind of summarize the classification of synovial joints um, along with the types of joints. Uh, or I'm sorry, the different types of synovial joints. So there's, if you look at an image, you'll see six basic categories of synovial joints that are plane or gliding, hinge, condylar or ellipsoid, saddle, which kind of looks similar to what it sounds like, a saddle, pivot, and ball and socket joints like the hips and the shoulders. So a plane joint is kind of like, uh, think of two pieces of paper touching each other um, laterally, you know, the flat surfaces, it's kind of, they're gliding on each other. It's a slight non-axial movement. And you can find this in like intercarpal joints, the acromioclavicular and clavicular sternal joints, sacroiliac joints, for example. And then you have the hinge joint. You can think about it like a door hinge. That's a moniaxial movement, like the elbow joint, the knee joint, and the ankle joint. The condylar joint looks like kind of looks like a mortar, uh, like if you ever made guacamole in a mortar and pestle, the, um, uh, the condylar joint has this sort of mortar kind of shape to it, and it would fit in sort of um, a surface that would hold it really well. Then you have the saddle joint, um, which is an angular biaxial movement 
um, and it kind of sits on the rounded surface like a saddle would, um, as if it were like a horse, you know, it has that sort of saddle-like structure to it. And you have the pivot joint, uh, which provides rotation and monoaxial movement. Um, some examples are the atlantoaxial joint or the proximal radio ulnar joint. And lastly, like I said, the ball and socket joint provides angular circumduction and rotation triaxial movement. That's something you'll see only at the shoulder joint and the hip joint. And the shoulder joint is the most mobile joint in the body, which is why it's the most common for dislocation. And this kind of sums up the different types of synovial joints in the body. Thank you so much for listening. In the next chapter, we're going to discuss, um, in the next podcast, we're going to discuss invertebral joints. Um, And so please stay tuned for that. Thank you so much.